Hey guys, this is Yael. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Welcome to another mini-sode. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. I want to give you a boost of inspiration, of confidence, of trust, of momentum. I want to be with you every weekday, and I'd love to hear what you think of these mini-sodes. This whole week, when you listen to these, can you do me a huge favor? Leave a review on your iTunes app, take a screenshot, and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me, or send that screenshot to yael at jewishlatinprincess.com. Every single one of you who submits a review and sends it via Instagram stories or email will be getting a Starbucks gift card and a link for us to get get together for 20 minutes and chat. Yeah, we can even have our coffee together. I hope you enjoy this mini-sode. I wanted to talk about kids and money because one of the questions I get asked a lot is, how do I teach my kids about money? And similar to that, it's I would love my kids to start earning money. And how do we do that? Right. Um, and don't we all, don't we all want our children to make some money on their own and learn how to manage their own money? I think we would all agree that that is a very wise decision, right? Because as children, um, the opportunity to grow and to learn and to make smaller mistakes, right? Um, the stakes are lower, right? So this is the time for them to learn how to handle this resource that they're going to have to handle their entire life. And it's also a great time to start um, shaping their money mindsets also in a positive way. The truth is that our kids are learning about money no matter what, whether we're teaching it to them directly um, or not, right? They're learning it by osmosis, just by the fact that they are around us, the adults around them manage money and relate to money in a certain way. And that is what they've been absorbing. But we want to be also, we want to be intentional and direct on what they're learning. So Summer is upon us, which I always find is a great time to teach, to give kids more opportunity to make their own money and learn how to manage money because they have more free time. And very often, as is in the case of my children and possibly a lot of your kids, as kids get older, they also want to go to camps, right? And we also, going back to education and the expenditures in, in, in education, right? We also, many of us, um, go through um, a big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we stretch ourselves perhaps financially to provide for them an incredible opportunity, which is a Jewish camp, right? Jewish summer camp. It's a, for many of us is a big part of education. And we invest in that because we have a very strong value, which might be a Jewish education, Jewish continuity, all of that. And we feel that that is very important. So Summer is a time where they have free time and where they also get the opportunity to go to Jewish day camps and guess or Jewish summer camps and overnight camps and all the things, right? 
And so it allows us for an opportunity to teach them that for certain things, they could make their own money. And that way we can impart in them these lessons. So to give you an example of camp, for example, many kids will go to summer camps and they might need canteen money or they might buy they need extra spending money that they might want to use, or they might want to buy certain things for camp, right? And so this is an opportunity to have conversations around the fact that perhaps the parent, we spend a certain amount on paying for camp tuition and even perhaps even paying for 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 planes for overnight camp or buses or whatever might be, right? And then there's extra stuff that the kids could perhaps earn their own money to pay for, right? And so what are the kinds of things our kids could be doing to do that? And this doesn't have to be limited to summer camp, right? This is always um, a situation that we find ourselves in where we don't have to feel like we always have to say yes. In fact, it's important for us to make a conscious decision, again, being intentional about what we teach our children about money, to sometimes say, hmm, that is something that you should buy, or I could meet you halfway there, right? You don't, we don't always have to say yes to everything. We can give them the opportunity to decide if they really want to invest in something. And when we give them the opportunity to use their own money, they very often make a choice that would be different if we were to buy it for them. So going back to what they could do. So this is a great opportunity for when they have more free time, babysitting money, bake sales, all these. I love bake sales and things like that because kids learn to um, deduct expenses and then take profit and then take out MICER. And um, and then they start saving their money and they decide what they want to do. right? Um, and so I think one of the important things, a key thing here is that as your kids start making their own money, the idea of separating MICER, the idea of tithing becomes starts becoming so very natural to them, right? They earn the money, they separate that 10%, they get to decide where or to whom that money is coming from, and then the rest they get to save or use for camp canteen or camp trips or whatever toy or thing, extra thing that they could do. Again, this is something you could do all throughout the year, but I find that in the summer, there's a lot more opportunity for kids to do extra things to make more money, especially some mothers of smaller kids. Um, once their kids are you know, preschool or whatever is, is out and they need extra hands, they very often, our kids could help at other people's houses, could help entertain their kids. We could do babysitting and they could do bake sales. They could even also do extra jobs for you. I also, um, I found that that has been, um, I have older kids already and very often I have extra projects that somebody in my team can't really handle. And I'm happy to give to some of my kids that are very tech savvy and I pay them for that. And that's extra work that they do. And it's very easy for them. And they're very talented in that. And they feel really good about that. And I feel really good because they really provided me a service, right? Another thing that's very often happens, and I give you this other idea, is that we have kids that are a babysitting age. And so very often we need them, right? And so what I do is if if my kids are going to babysit for my family, for our family, I don't I don't pay them because I feel that that is just part of being 
part of being in a family, right? Just like I don't necessarily pay, I don't pay for chores. And we can talk about that in a second. But here's the thing. If that evening or that event or that whatever, somebody has asked me whether my child is available for babysitting. And I have to say no, because he's going to be he or she's going to babysit for me. Then what I would do is I would pay them as though they had gotten the job because there's there's that opportunity that they had to make their own money. And so because now they're doing it for me, I take that as an opportunity to pay them. So that works out really nicely. So that's something that I learned from a friend and it's worked out really nicely. Um, I get off. I often get asked whether one should pay our kids for chores. Um, I don't do it. I Again, I do it for extra things. Like for example, what I said, like if I have extra things in my office that need to get done and I need an extra hand and they're very capable and they can do it. It's like me paying my assistant to do it. They get paid to do it. If there's something extra around the house that I would anyway pay somebody else to do again, then I would pay them to do it. But for the regular family households, things that are part of just living in a family and being part of a family, I don't, I don't pay, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to. Um, so those are a few ideas. And again, give your kids the opportunity, if they want certain things, give them the opportunity to think for themselves um, creatively what they could do, right? What could they do in your office if you own your own business or in your business? What could they do um, for the community? I have some kids who are very organized and they know some of my friends um, need a lot of help at the end of the school year organizing their Hebrew schools or whatever. And very often, by the way, it's very important to note that to teach our kids to just offer to serve, it doesn't have to be for pay. But just the idea that you go out and serve and they feel really great about it, very often it will eventually need to pay and that's really good, but it doesn't always have to be. And if it does, that's a great bonus and it's greatly appreciated, but they're just building that service muscle, which is so important. We can talk about that later, how it is tied when we're entrepreneurial, just having that mindset that we're here to serve others, right? We have a certain talent and we're going to serve others and they're going to pay us for that service. But very often we're providing free value. We're just giving as much as we can to people to, to gain from for free. Very often our kids also have to do that and they learn that that's just part of it. And yes, some, very often they will get paid for that, but not always. So the point is to start instilling in them this idea of being available, which I think it's super important in entrepreneurship, being available with a capital A to opportunities of service and business. You know, um, I, I want to buy this bicycle and my parents really can't buy it right now. Well, what can I do to make them earn the money? Or my parents said they would pay half of it. What can I do to make the money? And you can give them ideas and help them depending on their age. They might need help, right? If they're, if they're nine or 10, you know, depending on the level of maturity and they want to run a bake sale, you might need to help a little bit with that, right? But maybe they have an older sibling that can help with that and then they can split the profits. And so that tends to work out really nicely when you have several kids and they're all trying to, you know, help each other make money. That's also really, really neat. And then the last thing that I wanted to say about this is that very often I get asked, okay, but how do I say no to something that my kids want without instilling in them a scarcity mindset? And I think this is a very important question. And I want to address it now as we're talking about kids and summer and making money. And the, the truth is that we, it doesn't have to 
lead into having a scarcity ma- ma- mindset. And the key is in how we communicate it, right? Um, it's a better lesson to teach them that they we don't always give them what they want and we don't have to. But the way we communicate it should be in a way that opens up their mind to their creativity and to the tremendous power that they have to manage this resource, to receive this resource and to manage it. Rather, So rather than saying, no, we can't afford that, right? We can say, that sounds like a really interesting purchase. And it's something that we could perhaps consider in two, three months, because right now we are investing in the family trip that we're taking in August, right? Or we're doing X, Y, Z with our money. And the message there is, is very intentional. It's my parents are in control. My parents plan their money. My parents deal with their money in a thoughtful way, right? So you see how it's not a scarcity mindset, but more like, oh, this is something that people manage, that people handle, that people plan ahead for, right? Um, So it's not, no, um, we can't afford it. Like there isn't enough. It's not now because this is what we're doing. But if you would like to have make this expense sooner, the, here are some ideas of how you could make the money. Or perhaps you could, again, like I said before, meet them halfway. They, they are said, that sounds like a really interesting thing. And I'm willing to, you know, let's say they want to buy a musical instrument, right? I'm willing to make to pay for half of it and you pay for half of it and allow the child to do the research on how much this thing is going to cost. Right. Um, And then they make that money. And then when they're ready to make that purchase, then you um, then you fulfill your part of the agreement. So I think there's tremendous opportunities again in the summer, especially Hanukkah time. I always talk about that. Uh, this obviously again because we give money as Hanukkah geld, and it's again an opportunity for them to learn to take miser, to learn to save, to learn to invest, um, and and save and or spend right depending and to invest. And now is again another time where this comes to the forefront because the kids have time to earn money and also because they want certain things that perhaps during the year they wouldn't want. And, and, and because again, we very often have the ability to give them certain luxuries like camp. And that doesn't mean that we need to give them the whole entire thing. There's an opportunity for us to give them a luxury like camp and also instill in them this idea that they could make their own money and they get to make the choices on, on, you know, what they're going to bake or what service they're going to offer and what they're going to do and how much of the money they make they're actually going to use for whatever that might be, the canteen or the spending money or whatever, and how much they want to save, right? Like I have a kid who recently between babysitting and mother's helper and a few other things, she within 30 days, she's made like $500, which is a very nice amount for a, you know, she's, I don't know, she's 13, right? It's, it's not, not pocket change. And obviously, now she has the ability to say, you know what, I'm just take keep $50 that I'm going to take to camp, or I don't know how much she hasn't decided, but we, we started to have this conversation. She said, she actually said, a lot of that money I want you to put in my investment account. So this is also something that the kids start learning very early on. If you open an investment account for them, right, that they can keep some money in their savings account and then use it for different things that they want to buy for themselves because really how much money do they spending money do they need already right it's for those special things that we say you know what you pay for that right or i'll meet you halfway there and then a lot of their money 
again, this is beyond them giving the miser, which obviously they'll always give miser a lot of the other money they will get to invest and they see that money growing over time. So there are many, many, many lessons that we should be thinking about and being intentional um, so that our kids just start developing very, very naturally. It becomes second nature to have these these habits and these this mindset of thinking about what they really want to do with their money and what are the trade-offs, right? If I take all my money to camp, well, do I really want to? Maybe I just want to take a certain amount and the rest um, I want to invest or I want to save to buy myself that other musical instrument, right? And what are the ways, again, that I can make money? So all of these things are super important because as, as adults, we have to think like that and we have to make those choices. So the sooner we begin, the more second nature it becomes and the the habits are starting are being built from the get-go. And again, there's tons of way to have these conversations and encourage your ki- kids without it being like this scarcity thing where there is, there's not enough money and my parents can't buy this and my parents can't buy that, or they never give me what they want. No, it can be, how can I afford this? Not, I can't afford it, but how can I afford it? Right. Um, And they can see you and they can hear you be in control and make an informed decision, an informed choice. You know what? That musical instrument sounds like a great idea, but I'm not ready to make that entire investment. I'm ready to meet you to pay for 50% of that. And we can discuss ideas on, if you want, ideas on how you can make the earn the rest of the money, we can discuss that and then you can help them through that. So those are really important conversations. So those are my two cents on kids and money, teaching kids and money. If you have any questions, let me know and I'd love to answer them. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this mini so Please leave a review on iTunes and share the screenshot on your Instagram stories tagging me or via email. I hope this was uplifting, refreshing and to see you here tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.